Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California, where our version of winter has finally arrived. It's actually a little bit chilly, a little bit cloudy outside. Uh, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. Hi, how are you? And I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it is unseasonably warm today, so I think I'm going to do a nice two or three mile run today after the podcast. Huh. Look at you go. Uh, this is Seth Rodney. <laughs> I am a senior editor at the Hyperlogic blog, and I recently wrote a book uh, published by Routledge press last year, the personalization of the museum visit. And I'm coming to you from the South Bronx where, um, thankfully, it's quiet and no one's playing rap music um, <laughs> really loudly as they usually do <laughs> in my neck of the woods in the South Bronx. I'm sorry, Steph, are you 100 years old? Is it hip-hop music or is it rap music? <laughs> was it trap music? I, I, know. It? I know, when it came out of my mouth, I was like, wait, that's not the right word. Man, those kids. They, uh, get out of my yard. <laughs> if it wasn't this for is... those meddlesome kids. <laughs> uh, you know, they're remaking, they're, they're uh, remaking Scooby-Doo, actually. Are they really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, With, uh, like, you know, super CG animation, all that stuff. So Okay. Um, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of lame pop cultural references, um, <laughs> of intellectual intimacy, uh, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and we're continuing uh, our conversation about community, which, you know, uh, unlike a lot of our topics, or I mean, some some of our topics has really taken us in a variety of directions. And I mean, it's be, it's because it's such a capacious category because mm. we are so clearly defined um you know, the boundaries of of who and what we are and the boundaries that we transgress are set up by communities that we're born into mm -hmm. um, or that we uh, that we elect to be members of. Um, we're talking nominally about rituals today. I say nominally because our conversations have wandered quite a bit uh, around the topics as as they've gone. So that came out of our last uh, conversation uh, about death. And, uh, and Stephen had a, a series of kind of structured responses around the idea of how communities organize themselves uh, around uh, rituals of death and um, disposing of the body or not disposing of the body, holding the body in repose until the community can regather. And so we started thinking about, you know, or collective grief being another ritual we talked about around the Kobe Bryant thing. And so we started talking about, well, what are the, the rituals that Stephen had started to take us in that direction? And it had a, a specific question, you know, around the rituals um, that Co that that cause a co uh, community to cohere. Like, what things do we participate in that clearly um, flag our membership in a community? Um, what what are those rituals? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, what what are some of the rituals? So, that, I, how do you, where do you want to take the conversation? Well, one of the things that first occurred to me, oh, just occurred to me as he was speaking, was a, a line from a poem by Robert Pinsky. Uh, Robert Pinsky's poem, Ode to Meaning, in the collection Jersey Rain, has a line that goes something like, you in the airport rituals of greeting and parting. And he's addressing this entity that he's constructed that is meaning. It's owed literally to meaning as this entity um, that, he, that is addressable. And it, it occurs to me that one of the ways that we talk about, at least 
com communities that are based in the U.S. is um, the ritual of greeting that gen generally doesn't entail much touch. Like in other cultures, right? Like South American or even Jamaican, um, the Jamaican culture I'm from, there tends to be a lot more touching. But in American, mm. uh, U.S. American culture, I noticed that when I, for example, when I, I just, I just took a trip to Sheboygan, Wisconsin, uh, to check out an art, um, exhibition at the John Michael Kohler Art Center. And I greeted the woman who I mostly, I spent most of my time talking to Pat, who's in the communications department. And I don't think we ever touched once. Like I didn't hug mm. her. I didn't kiss her in greeting. Wow, I didn't wow. shake her hand. I mean, part of it was the awkwardness of like the first time, first meeting her when she picked me up from the hotel to take me to um, someplace, I think the, the reserve or to dinner, to dinner. So we were in, I got into her car. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's awkward to like, unless I really know someone well, to mm -hmm. reach over and hug them in the confines of a car, of a small car. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. And I recognize that, you know, it was playing in the back of my mind, but I was thinking, if I'd known her well, then I would have done that. I, I mean, I met her last year, and so I know her somewhat well. And we did mm -hmm. have dinner together before because typically in these things, when I'm invited out, some member of staff will have take me out to dinner that mm -hmm. night and you know get to know me, blah, blah, blah. Right. But generally, I found among especially white Americans, I think black Americans are different. And I don't have a lot of experience with... Chicano, Latino cultures, la la. There's not as much touch as I would like. I think that's mm -hmm. a ritual. There's a there's among men. There's certainly the handshake ritual, which is fine. But I definitely have had encounters with both white men and white women where I've gone in to hug them, and they've just sort of viscerally backed away from that. They they've they've just not comfortable with it at all, mm -hmm. and. I find that weird and off-putting. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely think it is, it's waspy, right? And mm -hmm. that's that, that tendency. Okay. I mean, so, you know, I, you know how, you know, my thing with, with white is a shorthand. I would say, I would want to parse it even more than that and say mm -hmm. it's a particular kind of Anglo-urine whiteness. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, because, you know, you would, you would shorthand uh, people from Spain or France as white, but they have very, t you know, those very cultures touchy. and the, and they're, and, yeah, very yes. touchy cultures. Mm -hmm. Yes. But not in England. It is, it's a very, right. uh, it is a very Anglo sort of f firm, hard boundaries. And that is how I grew up. And, mm. but, came very close to the Korean family in kind of some formative years because I trained in martial arts pretty mm. seriously for a number of years, which you both know. But, mm -hmm. um, and Korean culture is, I mean, it's, it is, it has its rigidity like many East Asian cultures do, but much, much more, uh, hands on and touchy. Like it's, mm -hmm. if you go to like a Korean bathhouse, it would, it is normal to see a father washing like their okay. teenage son's back or body mm -hmm. like so they're, they're very touchy cultures and that is something that i came into contact with in my my teenage years and just something i adopted and liked and so mm -hmm. um i mean seth knows that i'm uh, i'm not necessarily touchy but i you know very hands-on and you know hug hello mm -hmm. yes. and goodbye mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and i'm not ashamed or afraid of 
touch around that in platonic ways. I, I the my point is to get to this. I do that now with my family mm, and my I'm extended family. And and it is so clearly something that they want and now they wait for it. If mm. I if I if I'm if I okay. am going to say hello or goodbye, I mean even to my in-laws. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they will they they like it's clear that they like that even though they wouldn't say that or even sometimes if there's kind of some weird awkwardness or standoffishness, they still it's very clear that their body language communicates that they want that moment of physical contact and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um so it's really such a, I would say, I, I, I always, you know, I try to be careful around making hard and fast pronouncements, but mm-hmm. it seems clear to me that this is such a hobbled way for human beings to interact, Honestly. to, to wall ourselves off from physical contact Honestly. in that way. I Honestly. just, I, what happened in that culture Honestly. that, that is, that, that, that is the habit or that is the ritual or the absence of the ritual, however you want, like, you know, whatever, greet, like, yeah. how did, what was going on at that place in the world that that is how it developed and then got imported here or, or you know, like forcefully brought here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. So anyway, that's a, a long way to respond to exactly what you've identified, Seth, which mm. is th- that is something I'm very familiar with. Mm. That's a very serious question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the implications are really, really um, profound. And I'm, I'm I'm speaking as Dr. Hugger. I hug everyone. <laughs> I have learned how to temper my. I'm coming in, you know, with. Mm, 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 mm. Okay with this. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm I'm a huggy person, and just to say, um, to use an example, I was talking to Travis earlier about Robin Crawford, who was a friend of Whitney Houston's, who wrote a book mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. I um had a co- public conversation with her on Friday night. Oh, and although I had. Um, spoken with her previously over the phone about oh. the setup of the program and so forth. When How I first did that saw, go? It went really well. She's a moment. She's a woman of character. I really okay. appreciate her. Wow. I really, really appreciate her. So she came in, and you know uh-huh. we're in the flurry of setting up the program uh-huh. in the um, classroom, and I see her, and I look at her, and we both come in and hug. She's a hugger. Mm. Her wife, Lisa, we did a little bit of a hesitation and I did my, are you sure I'm coming in? And I hugged mm. all of her friends because mm. I was like, I'm really happy that you're here mm. yeah. and you've taken your time out to be with us. Mm. And I'm giving you, and I, I didn't think about this literally, but I was thinking, I'm, I'm, I feel like the um, part of what builds community for me is touch. It was just a strong part of that. Whether, I mean, and a lot of my friends, we hug, but also there are times we'll find ourselves holding hands, you know, Mm -hmm. men and women. And I find that really, I love that. I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm I'm a single man, my kid's out of the house. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so part of what makes me feel grounded and human and sane is touch. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. a lot about yeah. I think about that sometimes with community who's touching who who's mm-hmm. feeding who calling someone versus being in their presence is a totally mm-hmm. different dynamic you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like earlier on when you said that you didn't touch that person um, you know these people in Wisconsin try, I mean um, Seth I went I was like but you're always warm and effusive with me but you explained that did you know who yeah. I am right but I'll hug a stranger I will because there's something about Wanting to be grounded with them in that moment. Mm. That'll never happen again. Mm. Ever. Is the, I mean, mm. is there a way in which 
the Me Too movement and its sort of virulent rejection of uh, physical contact between men and women comes out of an Anglo tradition around personal space. And in, in, in both senses, mm-hmm. as in, as in a, mm-hmm. um, that it's, it is, it's kind of motivated by that suspicion of touch mm-hmm. and B men have taken advantage of and encroached on mm. people's bodies as a way to disguise, you know, kind of more predatory behavior mm. or more, you know, like sort of disguise it. In I, I'll say this about it because you made me mm. go look up um, Henry Cavill, the guy who does, you know, Superman. He's the actor. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Remember yeah. what he said? He goes. Stuff has to change, absolutely. There's something wonderful about a man chasing a woman. I think a woman should be wooed and chased, but maybe I'm old-fashioned for thinking that. This was the line that got him into trouble, a couple lines. It's very (laughs) difficult to do that if there are certain rules in place. Because then it's like, well, I don't want to go up to her and talk to her because I'm going to be called a rapist or something. And in my brain, when I saw that, I went, oh, this has got to be taken out of context because it sounds stupid. It does sound stupid. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a rational mm-hmm. person. No mm-hmm. one's going to walk up to someone and go, hey, how you doing? Shake their hand. They're like, rapist! <laughs> right, right. doesn't make right. any sense. Right. But, I, but what you just said, though, that, that tension and that also, well, what are the rules of engagement now? And it just feels like maybe you're just not reading that person. Maybe you're just a soul yeah. in your own head. You're not... Maybe she doesn't want to be hugged for that long. You, you should know hugging your mom is different from hugging a, another woman. Right. Yeah. You, you should know these things, and so it makes me think that people aren't high, aware of what they're bringing to an, a, an interaction. I'm not sure. Well, and and men definitely in touchy cultures take advantage of that to grope women and yes. and to hide behind that. I mean, I know this from anecdotal stories of uh, yeah. uh, of women who travel to other you know countries that you know where bodies are are pressed up against each other. Yeah. Uh, more regularly, and it's often used as a way to like rub up against a woman. No, so, absolutely. So you know, like grope, you know, grope them in ways that would not be acceptable. So absolutely. I think, so I think the key term with regards to how the Me Too movement has impinged on or began to shape our notion of touch and the ways and who belongs to what community and, and is available to be touched is con- right. is, con- is consent. So the key term, I think, used by people who might be grouped under the banner of the Me Too movement is is consensual. Is the touch consensual? Mm-hmm. And so, and 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 it's really important, I think, to recognize that even with the story that that Stephen just told about that moment of greeting Robin Crawford and her friends, partner and friends. That he did this thing where he gestured. I mean, this, it, mm-hmm. it, our listeners can't mm-hmm. see the gesture, but it's a gesture of sort of opening the hands, opening the arms, looking mm-hmm. at the person questioningly, as mm-hmm. if to say, here's yeah. my body. I'd like to give you this affection. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you get the affirmative and they open themselves to you, then it's clearly that's okay. Wanted, desired, right? And mm-hmm. Travis in talking about the way that he, even with his in-laws deal with him, even though there may be 
some initial discomfort with that moment of personal physical affection that they he can tell by their bodily comportment that that is something that they actually want. Right, they're looking forward to now. Right. So what we're talking about at some level too is an awareness and an awareness of the other person's consent giving, Mm -hmm. right? They're giving that. And I think that... I just, you know, the times when I was younger, actually the ones that stand, the times that stand out to me with that were the most awkward and when I felt burned were not with women, although I'm a straight man, it was with men. Mm. I remember mm. having a really great relationship with um, uh, Gabby, who used to work at the um, Museum of Latin American Art downtown Long Beach. Oh, uh, I remember. And, Ga- I remember Gabby. Actually. Yeah, and I had a really yeah, great yeah. relationship with her. Worked there as an intern for long for a while. Um, I think maybe like six months or something. Uh-huh. And knew her then. I think first fiance and then husband was at their wedding actually in Lima. And at some point, either before or after the wedding, I don't remember what. Like we was a long thing at the at the museum, and we were all saying goodnight, hugging people, and I went in to hug. Luis is her husband's name, and he just was just did this awkward thing where he like he wouldn't let the front of my body touch the front of his body. Like he kind <laughs> that's of very, that's turned very me away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very common. Yeah, it's like yes. um, but it was the first time that happened to me, and I was like, "What just happened?" Like I don't, you're, I, I just was weird to me. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. know how. I actually didn't know how to process it. I really didn't. It yeah. just it bothered me for a while, and then it happened again in London with someone else's, some um, some husband of some other friend, and I realized that that one of the hallmarks of U.S. Mask, U.S. culture, um, masculinity that's birthed here and that's shaped here, is that as I think the artist Barbara Holzer noted in a piece. You, we, de- we develop elaborate rituals by which we can touch the skin of other yeah. men. Right. So, oh, and, 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 this, and is around, this is around yeah. the football or whatever, right? Sports. No, no, it's yeah. the one with, with, the, with, the, with the, um, the wedding party where the guys are piled up in a pyramid. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. All it's right. that okay. art piece. It may I'm not be Holzer, but I think it is. Um, Jenny Holzer? Anyway, anyway. Men are, heterosexual men are really uncomfortable with touching other heterosexual men or they really want to but don't know how mm-hmm, and i think mm-hmm. that is a hallmark for in this waspy version in of this culture waspy it's not, version of culture, because it's not absolutely. there's plenty of that aren't right right and i and i that 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 is a community i know i do not want to belong to i'm not yeah. interested no i don't really get it i i don't i mean i you know like i said there's you know obviously nearly any cultural practice there's clearly some sort of psychological good i don't mean as an ethically good but i mean as in sort of like some positive reinforcement for the people that are participating in it so i get that 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 must be there somewhere i just don't see it i don't actually understand what good we get from not touching each other yeah 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 yeah, i don't you know but but you do you get something out of it you get the masculinity part of it and you get um control i think it's control Uh, yeah you know, you get to control some aspect yeah. of your life. Yeah. You know, you don't get to touch my body. Yeah. Huh. That's my take anyway. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I yeah. I, I mean, I, clearly that that is one way that it manifests. But 
Um, anyway, so, I mean, we got, you know, rituals of community, sort of like what signals that you belong to, a, you know, a particular kind of community. What are, you know, the rituals that, that are involved uh, in that? I think we have, I mean, we're clearly not without rituals, but, you know, one of the issues in the country right now is that we don't have a, a lot of collective rituals to draw on this is that, that, we, that we can identify with as being American. You know, you've got, you know, a handful of holidays um, that are contested. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Fourth of July is contested. Columbus Day is collected. Thanksgiving is contested. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I'm not terribly worried about the tensions of of why people decide to do like it or don't like it. I'm, I'm much more engaged in or more thoughtful about or interested in rituals that 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 make you feel good. You know, mm. at not at the expense of someone else. Mm. Right. right. Um, so I think it bothered me when the uh, Martin Luther King Day became a day where people volunteered. And I was like, working people are going to get the day off to go volunteer. <laughs> and I was thinking more of a working class kind of ethic going, yeah, yeah. let these people fucking rest. Like, what do right. we have yeah. against fucking rest in this you in the world? Right. We always have to see a body in motion for the body to be important or to be valued or to be useful to the powers that be. And I just find it so provocatively, um, I mean, I find it very painful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want rituals mm-hmm. that make people fe- make feel good without the expense, it's someone else's expense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to say something very briefly about control of the body um, because mm-hmm. I had an experience I never forgot, and it really kind of shaped the mm-hmm. way that I touch people, you know, mm-hmm. people that I know and people that I don't. Which is when I was working at the Schomburg, I started working there years and years ago. Like I think it was the first year or so. I there was a guy who was a porter there who one day we we're in an elevator. I remember like touching his shoulder and going, "How you doing?" And he goes, "Man, do you have to touch me every single time you see me?" Damn. But I was so struck by what I said next, which was, no, I don't. I mean, no, I said, yes, I do, but I won't touch you because you don't like it. Mm. So I was struck by my own, this is Mm, what I do, yeah, and that's okay. And I remember getting off the elevator, and usually when those kinds of sort of tension things happen, I Mm. can be, um, I may not be my own best thing at that point. I might shrink a bit or go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Mm. I was like, no, I mean, this is who I am. This is what Mm. I do. And so, like nice. that day, I felt a little lighter. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, yeah, a white arc kind around him, but, yeah. <laughs> but still my own thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is, and I don't know if you guys have had that experience where you do something, and it's like, well, this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. But I know that since you don't, we can both have our space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you don't have to die, and I don't have to die. We can mm-hmm. just have our space. Mm-hmm. So that's a, gr- that's a great moment. That's that just, was, yeah, that's I mean, clarity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one of the thing, uh, one of the things that we are doing and we, I don't know that we have time necessarily to parse it, but one of the things that we're doing is we're conflating habit and ritual mm-hmm. um, and, and they're, and they're not really the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a ritual has sort of a prescribed action. There is a way to participate in the ritual mm-hmm. that is, that is, descriptive and recognizable Mm -hmm. and and habits aren't necessarily that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. a habit is Mm -hmm. something that is engaged with oftentimes thoughtlessly Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so whereas a ritual is something that requires intent and it is a space that is separate from the normal day-to-day interactions Mm -hmm. uh within the community and Mm -hmm. so 
you know, a an example of, you know, a a ritual is voting is a kind of ritual mm. because you mm. take time out of mm-hmm. your normal day-to-day routine mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. go cast an affirmation for to throw your lot in for whatever mm. you know sort of group of people that are going to represent you at, at at that level at the communal level mm. and the and i mean the, the holiday one is a perfect example mm-hmm. i think of 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 what you had both identified which is that they're muddy right i mean our holidays in in mm-hmm. this in in the united states are very muddy mm-hmm. uh now they're just they're they're not clearly demarcated mm-hmm. uh, and they're not even just contested by a small contingent of people i mean very vocally culturally mm-hmm. in the various outlets that we have they are regularly contested and foiled you know the communal celebration is foiled uh, merry christmas happy yeah. holidays no, it's happy holiday exactly and Exactly. Well, and think think about the touchstones that that is for right. for like these groups, yeah. right? I mean, this was this was a, a sort of a rallying cry for one, you know, face of the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. people are saying "Merry Christmas" again. Like, <laughs> you know, it's right. a, I mean that that that's that's a t- and and then look at what the things that the more progressive community will actually contest right mm-hmm. we will we go after the rituals we delegitimize mm. um the rituals that we find you know aren't worthy of our conscious and uh self-aware participation mm-hmm. um and you know i don't know how you know i don't know how a a culture coheres without tyranny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that does not recognize collective ritual. And so I, 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 I think that's why you see sort of the rise of kind of the minority authoritarianism that you get, like with the filibuster and, you know, obviously the Trump presidency and the, the – anyway, I'm going on for a while. But, but anyway, so I, I just wanted to say that about, about ritual versus I, habit. I really, though, you touch on something I think is really important. So it made me think of a song by Tori Amos called Bliss. And it's mm. this idea of bi-locating and being, like, you can be together. You don't have to agree with the same goddamn thing. So mm. when does it become, it's all mine. Like, it, there's no sense of the word politic mm. where you get, you know, everyone's together and you get some, get some things, you lose some things, but you are willing to work with each other. Right? Mm. And so... What does it mean, she says in it, uh, what does it mean to be made of you but not enough of you? And I wonder if I, you can bilocate. Is that what I taste? You know, this idea yeah. that I think the American body feels like for so long it's never lived up to its ideas. And now this is the blowback where everybody wants something, wants to be identified for what they feel has always existed but never been valued, right? Hmm. And then there's mm. that tension, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that I feel like it's a good, great conversation to have and that we are willing to say, okay, I won't throw a rock through your window. Can we live on the same block? <laughs> you know, can we yeah. look after each other? Yeah. Can we check on each other's children? Do you need a bowl of sugar? Yeah. You know, and mm. I, I'm far from that idealized sort of like 50s America. I feel like, no, communities need to take care of each other. And I sure. think right now we constantly... I can't run behind one type of community and say, y'all do that. Y'all do all that. I'm like, because we're all connected. And it mm. always yeah. matters. It always matters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seth, do you want to take us out? Take us out, um, Seth. So, uh, so um, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with, 
I got thrown off for a second because I figured I'd just let Seth have have the last word. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, the the thing with trying to parse where a community begins and ends is is done most concretely with its rituals. I mean, there's a reason anthropology started with the study of ritual. And one of the reasons that ethnographies began with the study of ritual and examining, it's the most conspicuous thing that we do to participate and belong to a community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would close on a, a less hopeful note, which is that I don't think that we can overestimate the corrosive nature of Trump attacking the legitimacy of elections because Mm. there are not a lot of rituals that we have left as a collective in the United States, Mm. but voting is one of them that, Mm. that all sides of the political spectrum, except those that tend to fall off the map Mm. will recognize as a legitimate form of enfranchisement and, and, and of, and of civic engagement. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and and it is it is the very thing that Trump is seeking to undermine mm-hmm. and will most assuredly undermine if he loses mm-hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. And and that I mean that it's incredibly dangerous. Agreed. I think sometimes those things get overblown, but but if we lose our rituals, we we don't have we don't have a culture anymore. No, I mean there have to be mm-hmm. there have to be some things we identify with. Agree. I'm sorry, sir. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Um, so, my friends, thank you for the conversation. Indeed. And I'll speak to you next week. Indeed. Take care. All right.